Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. All things Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. Well, you know, Monday games aren't really convenient for us, and we're assuming that they aren't really convenient for you, our listeners, either. So let's all just rally together for these midweek Premier League pods, yeah? I mean, you know, what else can you do, Dan? Well, Nick, I I think we would be remiss if we didn't take a moment outside of the match because football and supporting Chelsea is what brings us together and celebrate one of our listeners, uh, Stephen, has a a brand new uh, child and also a brand new uh, Chelsea fan that is in the fold now. That's right. Uh, Congratulations uh, to you guys on on Gareth Liam uh, into the world last week. Uh, already wearing a kit, so you know he's he's proper Chelsea. And uh, how about the love from Chelsea, from Premier League USA, from all of our uh, assorted uh, family and friends on Twitter? I mean, that that baby is the most popular Chelsea fan going right now. I, I do. I will say it was interesting that some people use it as an opportunity to turn some comments to a uh, you know. Less than a week old and already, uh, you know, wanting Bakayoko on the bench statements. <laughs> I can't yeah, handle it. Uh, I, I love that it, it, he put six days old so that, uh, and I, I'm assuming that's the correct date, but uh, just right after our last loss uh, as to not be associated with the Watford calamity. That's a smart move, Stephen. Smart move. The baby only knows winning, which is a, a, a very important trait for a Chelsea fan, uh, especially over the last decade plus. Um, but anyways, moving on, we do have some uh, we do have some iTunes reviews, Dan. So thankfully, uh, we have three more coming in. It's the best way to help us get our name out there so other Chelsea fans like yourselves listening can find us. Yeah, a little hat trick of iTunes reviews this week. Three five stars, one from Danny Lee, one from H. Plover, and another from J. Teak. Uh, All dropping some five-star love. And uh, as always, 
you give us a little love on iTunes. We'll give you a little shout out at the beginning of the show. And uh, thank you for, you know, connecting us with more Chelsea fans across the world. I always love we've actually gotten quite a few that are, you know, somewhat new parents that have started watching soccer this season with their young kids. Uh, you know, it's something to do on Saturday mornings when your your kids are up early. And I love it. They're they're bonding with their children over soccer and most importantly over Chelsea. So uh, to all you parents out there watching with your kids, well done. Doing the good work out there, raising your kids right. I mean, that's what's important in life, really, Nick. It is. Um, and, and I truly uh, I'm happy we have all these uh, healthy, happy families out there. So uh, continue to listen, continue to rate us on on Apple Podcasts or or Stitcher or SoundCloud, wherever you go. And we will continue to shout you out at the beginning of this pod. Just like we always shout out our presenting sponsor, World Soccer Shop. Uh, super special one this week, Nick, in case, you know, you aren't on social media or missed it. We were actually giving away a kit this week. We were giving away three kits, Brandon. That's true. Because, Trace. because Trace. we we are 100, I believe is what the kids say. Um, don't try. Don't try, Nick. Uh, we, we gave it's it our best lit. shot there, <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you want to count that as the time that Nick effed up this podcast? When he tried to be <laughs> tried to play to a younger audience and failed? <laughs> Millennial play, tries to play to a Gen Z audience and fails miserably. Um, <laughs> that's the headline for the show. Uh, no, thank you to World Soccer Shop uh, for providing three kits with Chelsea's three new signings, uh, Emerson, Giroux, and Barkley. Uh, we have gone through all of the entries. We're throwing those things into a randomizer, Dan, and we will be announcing uh, the contest winners on Valentine's Day, Wednesday, probably as you're listening to this pod. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna drop a heart. We're gonna drop some love and give out those kits tomorrow uh, or today, potentially, if you're listening to it when it's uh, the podcast actually drops. So uh, stay tuned and thanks again to World Soccer Shop for hooking us up so we could kit you out. All right. Well, here we go in the match review. Uh, Chelsea played West Brom in the Premier League. Thankfully, we're at home at Stamford Bridge this past Monday. Scoreline, Blues 3, Baggies 0. And uh, we did have one correct score prediction. in Jugana on Facebook, crushing it, 3 nothing. He posted it with tons of confidence, and uh, we couldn't be happier. He was right. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk going into this about how you know West Brom have a history of upsetting teams, and then immediately after their manager getting sacked, uh, Chelsea being a victim of that multiple times but who knows if it's so much West Brom rather than our board and, and our owner how we operate uh, but Dan Chelsea rolled in this it is a 3-4-3 three, three. Uh, we had Giroud getting his second start of the Premier League season but most importantly first for Chelsea uh, but he wasn't the only change to the lineup was he no, so Thibaut Courtois between the sticks, as we all know. Uh, Rudiger comes in to the back line along with Christensen. Healthy again, the Danish prince restored to the center. Aspilicueta on the other side. Then we saw a little uh, Moses Zapacosta on the sides, on the flanks. Uh, they uh, Alonso out injured, so not available for this match. Uh, we then saw uh, Fabregas and Conte inside of that uh, middle of the field. And then we saw the three up top, which was Pedro, Hazard, and Giroud. Uh, from a substitute perspective, we had Willie C., Gary Cahill, Emerson. Uh, Padu made the bench. Uh, we did not see Adoy. Adoy was uh, absent. Uh, you know, imagine that uh, either Drinkwater, William, or Murata returning uh, after the uh, back injury made uh, potentially was the reason why we didn't see any Cho on the lineup. I like how all of these responses on social media, Nick, are Dan just confirming his his prediction of Christensen coming back in and uh, having a clean sheet. Even Phil Tran getting in saying Christensen comes back and we get a clean sheet. Coincidence? I mean, he fed right into Dan's hand on that. Yeah. To Phil, uh, Phil, help me. Don't help Dan. Um, <laughs> this, is not, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I, you know, famously questioned... You know, after the team had shipped seven goals in two games and looked terrible, whether predicting a clean sheet was the right thing to do, happily wrong. Um, and, uh, and you know, certainly uh, for, Dan, for Dan to use a Rashida Jones gif, I, you know, I love her. So we're all good. 
it, it was it was uh, easy to find a way to Nick's heart and convince him that we were going to get a clean sheet. So, no jinx. Christensen is just a baller, and uh, very glad that we have him on a long term contract. It's uh, hopefully that simple that if Christensen's in, you know, essentially it's a clean sheet. But I don't know if that's always right. Um, but rather than getting too deep into the stats, I just want to point out that Chelsea won every single statistical category on the Premier League's website except fouls conceded, which were tied with West Brom at 11 to 11. So yeah, we, we probably should have won that one, too. He definitely could have 20 shots to eight. Uh, eight shots on target to one. I mean, touches, passes, tackles, clearances, everything. Even, you know, less off sides, which is great to see. So, um, you know, let's go ahead and jump into the goals, gentlemen. Uh, Dan, obviously, uh, 25th minute, Eden Hazard playing a beautiful one-two combination with new boy Olivier Giroud. And, you know, Eden Hazard back at it again. I mean, this is the, the player we want to see. Uh, we love seeing him. You know, essentially, he he started that attack really right. He went back and got it on the wing at the top of the box out wide and didn't let the play die. Uh, held on to possession, had a nice little pass into Giroud, and Giroud knew exactly what his role was at that point. It's like they've been playing together much, much longer than two weeks. Did you need me to say something else about the goal? Because I think you summed it up pretty perfectly there. Yeah, well, I mean, I figure you could at least add on at that point. Well, what I, what I will say is there was uh, a nice little run to kind of make space um, for both Hazard and, and Drew in the box there, uh, kind of setting up the goal. So, uh, But ultimately, you know, it's just great to see. Great to see Drew kind of uh, settling in, uh, makes the move across town, you know. Uh, finally has the weight on his shoulders of representing a team with uh, with real history. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot for someone to, to step into a role like that. And he proved that he could uh, hack it on a big stage, you know, on uh, potentially Tuesday, Wednesday nights and not Thursdays. So well done, Olivier. Welcome. And apparently uh, Eden Hazard has been directly involved in 53% of Chelsea's goals in 2018. So that is right. This really is Hazard FC. That is the world we live in. Um, but Nick, on the 63rd minute, Moses is the beneficiary of a bit of a friendly deflection uh, as Fabregas was trying to slot it through to Morata. Um, but what a great finish from him. Everyone loves seeing Vic score. He's got the uh, the backflip celebration. Yeah, you know, I... I I, I wish he would score more, and certainly he has to get his shooting boots on. But even in the last, you know, he's he's had a couple of goals in the last month uh, now that I think are giving him some confidence. And this was one that Antonio Conte mentioned um, after the match. If you guys tune into Chelsea on Facebook, they do a post-match um, analysis with Cundy, and, and they'll have like a rotating guest in there. Um, usually Clyde Walker will be in there. But uh, uh, when when they interviewed Antonio after the match, uh, he pinpointed Victor uh, in the first half as a guy who was missing some confidence. And then, you know, I think because Pedro uh, was playing much better in this match and attacking more, it, Victor wasn't so isolated outside and so close to the um, – uh, to the line where he, he actually had room to operate. And then, you know, when he first started turning people, I think he started getting his confidence back and then he started shooting and he could have had a couple of goals in this game, if not for a really good save um, by Foster as well. So uh, this is, this is good. Uh, you know, we desperately need goals from other people, not named hazard. Uh, and that is uh, it, it's good that wingbacks are getting involved, especially Vic, who's, who's really had a, a down year. So, Great for him. Great backflip. I think, you know, when you saw the team celebrate with him, they, they know how hard he works. And, and I'm hoping that he starts to turn the corner a little bit. Definitely a team favorite, uh, a locker room, um, you know, favorite from those guys. But you can understand why. I mean, you know, Vic, Vic works hard. He's a modest guy. It, it, and that's even before you even think about his personal life and everything he's overcome. It's uh, it's fantastic. But to round it off, 71st minute, Eden Hazard with another one-two combination with a with a striker, but but this time Murata, Dan. So uh, he didn't quite get the hat trick, but he was on form to do it. Uh, well taken second goal, absolutely smashed it near post, and this time with his left foot. So he had a left foot right foot day. I mean, that's a great day for any player. 
Again, Brandon describing the entire goal before <laughs> handing it off. I, I feel like I'm uh, like a poacher in this response. All I got to do is just like tap uh, it in at the end. There's play by play and there's color commentary. <laughs> add, add your color. You know. So uh, Maracha's dancing lessons clearly have paid off because uh, the way he was able to uh, quickly kind of move around and uh, just pop that ball over a couple defenders. Man, oh man, though, West Brom's defending was so poor leading up to this. Uh, you know, he had uh, two, two center backs following Morata, and uh, Hazard is, is basically left uh, with, with really just one man to beat. There's another closing in, but, you know, they're not going to touch him, and he just fires it in, and, man... Sexy goal. You love what Hazard does. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, this is where you have to say, pay the man, pay the man, pay the man. Uh, he, he needs his uh, long-term contract. We need him signed up long-term. And days like today remind you why he is uh, the best in the Premier League. Show him the money. And on Sky Sports. Show him the money. Yeah, for sure. And on Sky Sports News, uh, Terry Henry was interviewing him. Uh, it's funny. Terry made him call him coach, which I thought was was good banter. Um, but anyways, Terry Henry had, had said, like, they've been working on that in Belgian training. Like, shoot more. When the opportunity arises, like, have the confidence to shoot. Uh, and that's absolutely what he did. It was great to see. You know, it, it, it's a big yeah. Does, does Thierry know that we've been saying this on the podcast for three years? We need to send or, him a copy. Yeah. Can we I, I get some, the, can we get some rights only, to that? Can we get some rights to it? That's all I'm asking. The only thing that we didn't mention was uh, between Moses and uh, now Chelsea Loney, uh, Mishi Bashwai, Nick, uh, who had the better flip after scoring oh, this week? By far, Victor. Uh, Mishi, Mishi had to stop in the middle of his... Victor's is smooth. It's not even close. Ju- Olympic judges would rate Victor's probably a nine and Michi's like a seven. Well, he has time before the Summer Olympics. It, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and hopefully he has a lot more opportunities to practice that uh, as well while he's in, in Dortmund. Um, a little bit interesting, though, with this match, it was a bit of a slow start. You know, West Brom did come out the gate with the high press. Uh, they had a five in defense, but they were pushing all their players up because they know Chelsea like to play out of the back. Uh, for better, for worse this season, Chelsea will uh, literally pass it from goalkeeper to defender and try to work their way out of the back. Usually it makes it to the wing back before they kind of lump it up forward. Uh, you know, so... It was a little bit on the rocks. You know, I think it was a little bit in the balance at the beginning of this match. I think that some fans are a little bit frustrated as well because, you know, West Brom were uh, taking it to Chelsea a little bit. Uh, But, you know, Dan, I kind of want to point out the fact that, you know, sometimes it takes teams a little bit to figure out where the gaps and the weaknesses are in a team. So even though it was a bit even, Thankfully, Chelsea's class was able to to kind of break through this press of West Brom. They're able to find some space in the midfield, uh, find our target man, Giroud, and he did a great job um, linking in our outside players. Uh, but I guess, what did you think about the beginning and, and Chelsea kind of dealing with the press and the fact that it didn't, even though it ended 3-0, it definitely didn't start out that way. I mean, West Brom had their chances early on, I think, to Vic's terrible back uh, pass header that went right to oh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, you know, but I guess, wh- how were you kind of taking that in as a fan? I mean, obviously, Twitter was freaking out. Um, but in the end, uh, the players got it sorted out. Thankfully, we weren't punished. Well, they, they did go for the two up top, which uh, four minutes into the match uh, took a, 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 I guess, program turn uh, when it comes to Daniel Sturridge leaving the match injured. And uh, Jay Rodriguez comes on, so you see a little bit of a different, uh, different game from him. And it, uh, you know, I, I think teams know that they can press us, and they know that the way that we play out of the back for, for better or for worse uh, is part of the way that we've won matches before, but it is very identifiable as the style. And, you know, even though we, we kind of put Drew in here and gave him the opportunity to, you know, be a target man to hold the play, you know, pace isn't necessarily the, the issue because, you know, he's up there to, you know, you like to see it, but ultimately he's really there to absorb one or two defenders, draw them away and make space for our beautiful Belgian to work his magic and cast his spell. And uh, he, he did that extremely well. And I think that 
is what we're hoping to see more of. I think when you look at uh, maybe Emerson or Alonzo being healthy again, you could put him on one of the wings, uh, maybe even, uh, you know, kind of put uh, Emerson uh, on there at the same time would be kind of interesting. I know a lot of people were calling Nick for Alonzo to start up top or in the midfield this week, which yeah. uh, don't necessarily know if that is the right solution either. Um but I think it was also nice to see uh, Sess back with a front three that he can distribute to. And similar to what, you know, like Costa brought us versus Morata, where Drew is able to draw, draw defenders in, absorb some pressure, uh, take a blow, know how to wear a bandage appropriately on your head and <laughs> move forward. Uh, it was really great to see. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think, this team has to has to beat the press, right? They have to. We've talked about it this year, Brandon. I mean, this is this is kind of a fundamental, you know, uh, thing. If you're Antonio Conte, is how, how do you beat this? How do you how do you pass out of it? How do you keep possession? And how do you uh, make teams pay on the on the counter? Because I tell you what, it's just like anything. If you if you learn how to beat the press and then you burn someone as they do it. Uh, man, opposing managers are much less likely to do it um, because they don't want to get burned. So I think that is your uh, that's your key for Chelsea and certainly is going to be key playing the Manchester cities of the world, playing the Barcelonas of the world uh, moving forward. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, like, think, like I said, like, you know, thankfully Chelsea grew in confidence as this match went on. Uh, there was a lot of pressure off the bat, you know, on to Antonio Conte, on the players. You know, Chelsea haven't lost three matches consecutively in forever, essentially. So uh, it was good to see him fight through a little bit of adversity, you know, a lot of thanks to West Brom for Johnny Evans missing his his wide open header for Jay Rodriguez taking the shot too early for Sturridge not being another Chelsea ghost haunting us uh, as we've seen so many times over and over. So I think that the big thing coming into this game outside of, you know, are Chelsea just going to win or not is the fact that Giroud got his first start. Uh, I have been a huge proponent of Chelsea absolutely have to have a target man to to play to, that they need a focal point of the attack. Even though En Hazard has said, I can play forward, we don't need a true striker man, we just got to keep it on the floor uh, and pass it around. Nick, after 60 minutes in one match, do you think Giroud is better suited to play in Chelsea's formation than Morata? Fire question. Fire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> after 60 minutes in the one match. fans need uh, to know. Uh, look, I think he looked good. Um, you know, it, the, he, his final third passing obviously will get better with time and as he, he forms a better connection with these uh, with these players around him. Uh, I think that you saw a little bit with it uh, of his of his hold of ability. Um, he has more in his locker, and certainly I think, uh, you know, you'll start to see him cashing in on uh, some of these opportunities in the box as well. Um, you know, there, there were a couple of header opportunities that he just flat out missed, Um and, uh, you know, he, he was very unfortunate as he as he put that ball um, in the goal to have it deflected off Foster's foot. Um, you know, I think that was a really good chance for him to open his account. But uh, he is he is going to be a tough handle for uh, um, smaller, you know, less physical center backs um, and even for very physical center backs. He's going to occupy their thoughts, um, which is something that, in a physical way, Murata just doesn't do. I think he he scares people in a different way, um, which is uh, you know he's he's a lethal passing ability and uh, is is shifty and and knows how to make uh, defenders pay if they if they show the wrong way. But um, I don't you know just like we don't we talked about formations earlier in the year and like what's better how's Chelsea gonna play against certain teams. I, I think that Giroud um, it, it better might not be the word, Dan, but I think um, it could be very useful against uh, some of our upcoming competition. 
they, they have different styles. And I think that's the, the thing to keep in mind is that Murata's looking for the cut in. He's looking for a, a narrow opportunity to, to slice through and, and put a head to a ball, um, maybe a foot to ball. The jury's still on that fact. And, you know, Drew is looking to occupy, get the ball, distribute, or to turn and score. Um, you know, when he's kind of not maybe marked by more than one or two players. So I think it's just about a different style of play less about having, uh, comparing the, the, the two, you know, head to head. I, I do think based upon this and remember, I, I think it's very easy to be uh, knee jerk in, in the era that we live in, but we were playing against West Brom, uh, West Brom, uh, I believe, according to the table that Brandon provided us, are at the bottom of the Premier League. And I would caution that we not overreact, Nick, to uh, what Mr. French, French Forehead did for us in this game. Overreact? Who would do that? Oh, my God. Well, no. it is a World Cup year, so I am excited to kind of see how the competition heats up for this position between him and Morata. I think that Morata has more to prove for Spain than Giroud has to prove for France, but at the same time, maybe not. I mean, both teams are stacked. Uh, I think that he's a very specific type of forward. So obviously he scores inside the box. He's a decent threat on set pieces, but he doesn't provide a lot of assists, and um, he doesn't shoot from outside the box in the last three years he only has two goals from outside the box everything is inside so again kind of like we did said with Mishi uh, he's a very specific type of striker but we can see that he's much more refined and developed hold-up play which is what works so well so in the last three seasons in the Premier League he's had 12 goals then 16 then 14 Nothing earth shattering, right? But I still think that those are really solid numbers. Anytime you can add 15 goals to a team, um, that's super helpful. And if he can get, you know, and Hazard involved or Pedro or William, whoever it may be, uh, even all the more important from him. Um, again, you know, who are we to overreact when and Hazard puts quotes out saying he's a great target man, maybe one of the best in England? Um, yeah, I, that's that's just what the people have to say that play with him. So who are we to say anything different? Um, but we got some tweets on this pretty unsurprisingly at 42 Gray Street says, if we use the meaty French forehead for the FA Cup game against Hull and we play well again and get a goal from the said frog forehead, do we officially have a center forward crisis? Or, or at our Dale Hall saying, Jerud and Hazard, eight inches of height and 30 pounds of weight difference, but totally on the same page. You just, you know, it gets you, I, to me, I got excited. I got hyped, Nick, seeing him uh, be able to absorb a lot of the tackles that and Hazard has been taking this season and deflected it, even if it meant him taking um or baiting Evans into a yellow card and then also having his uh, said forehead wrapped in bandages over and over. It's just, it's a significantly different um, look to Chelsea's attack. Oh, it is. And it's, it's important, by the way. Like the, the whole point of Giroud on this team is, is not, that, uh, not that he is, uh, you know, amazing, uh, you know, more, more amazing than Murata, because I, I, I just don't think that's the case. I think it's important that they push each other, you know, that they, that there is real competition uh, for that starting striker place. And I got to be honest, like that is what, that's what gets me very excited because as soon as Morata comes on, you see him trying to make his mark too. Like, Hey, remember me already have 10 goals this year. I know everyone hates me now for whatever reason, but I'm still pretty good. Uh, This is a great problem to have. It's not a crisis. It's, it's what, Every other club that's that's worth a damn in the world has, and that's competition for places. We yeah, desperately cr- needed cr- it. We have it. Yeah, crisis was December when yeah. we had one striker who was injured and we had another that was not trusted enough to play in, in the first team by the manager. So th- this is so welcome. So, so amazing. The tears yes. of joy streaming down our faces. I think... Not to call into question 
Murata's commitment or anything. But I think it's it really surprised me that two days ago, Antonio Conte saying, we don't know if Murata will be back this season. And now Giroud starts and he's on the bench and then plays 30 minutes. And they made it sound like they figured out the problem. And so they're able to treat it, which I fully believe. But it just goes back to competition. Like before Murata didn't have the extra push from Mishi or from Hazard. Like they're not going to take his position. Giroud comes in. He's a legitimate threat to Murata's playing time. And so Murata just has that extra motivation, the the uncertainty of his position. And so now he has to make sure he's available. And when he gets in, he gets involved and does well. I think that the biggest difference I saw between Giroud and Murata, I never saw Giroud on the wings. Murata will still chase things out there. Uh, he is a center forward that stays inside the width of the 18 and he knows his kind of positioning and role within the team. And I really like that up, about kind of his style and play. Um, Diego Costa well, even did a little bit. He got, to me, him and Murata would just get too wide, Nick. And then all of a sudden we have a huge gap in the middle. And why, and why that's important is because then it allows Hazard to get into that free role where, you know, he's so dangerous. And mm-hmm. you saw him picking up the ball in midfield and then dropping way deep. And then, you know, you saw him kind of buzzing in around. I think, you know, one of the key points I would make here from yesterday is that Pedro was uh, was much, much better. I wouldn't say that he was excellent, but he was so much better um, than, than he has been. I think that he was a real force. It, you know, he was uh, able to interchange with Hazard and obviously get the ball into Giroud a little bit, but also was uh, pouncing on loose balls for the first time in, in a long time. And I think that was really important. So just wanted to give a shout out to Pedro. It's true. Uh, love to see him sharper and on top of his game compared to what we've seen. But um, let's go ahead and flip it to the other side of the field. Uh, what's our best defensive lineup, Dan? I mean, I'll even let you choose. Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta. Okay, so it's not a four-back set. <sighs> Well, so, no, so no, Dan, Dan was tr- Dan was trying to get in before you answered the question. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wasn't going to answer my own question this time. All right. No, <laughs> you never do that. Never. Um, uh, I think when you look at uh, the way Christensen has played, um, you're very hard to argue against him being uh, the first name on the team sheet when it comes to the the central of the back three. I think when you look at our options for if you have a true left back or or, a true kind of right back, um, I mean, you could play Aspilicueta and either of them. So, I mean, there's that as an option if you wanted to go to a back four and then pair either a Cahill and Christensen together with a, you know, Rudiger on on one of the other uh, left or right hand sides. Ideally, though, I think the fluidity and attacking three or an expanded midfield uh, not dropping back into a back five please not dropping again into a back five of defenders um uh, the back three is, is solid and i think christensen is uh you know if, if hazard wasn't playing the way he was and we were having more of a down season uh, i would say christensen would probably be the the brightest spot of uh what we've kind of had going on this season uh, Aspilicueta continues to be uh, a marvel on the right hand side and uh, probably should have a the armband just tattooed onto him um, versus having to hand it back to Gary Cahill when he uh, hops onto the pitch uh, for substitute appearances. So, uh, you know, a couple, a couple thoughts there, but I think Rudiger is growing a little bit in the game uh, as well. And uh, yeah, Nick, I, I think that uh, I've said my piece. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I echo that sentiment. So I threw a ton of stats out there for them. Um, statistically speaking, in defensive Ball categories... don't lie, though, Brandon. Ball well, don't lie. That's don't true, lie. But, but I think this is interesting for <coughs> a lot of people out there. Uh, Gary Cahill is actually in one more game, but 150 less minutes played, is marginally outperforming Rudiger. So when you guys wonder why Cahill continues to play for Rudiger... Technically, if you compare them on per game metrics, Cahill is doing better. Uh, Christensen is winning uh, four 
of the t- about nine categories compared to all the other guys it's really impressive he's winning a ton of duels he is barely ever committing a foul the only thing that he's quite a bit higher at than the other people are his defensive errors but that comes with his age is what i think so uh really impressive to see other than christensen and dave who everyone realizes are top two defenders it's really a toss-up between Cahill and Rudiger I think and so that's why I you know I always want to know what people think are best defensive lineup I mean Nick it's literally a coin toss between those two it's uh it's kind of crazy to me that um that David Louise was one of the most important players we had last year and certainly amazing uh, in defense for most of the year and he's fifth out of you know five places for central defenders now I mean that's how much can change in a year you know and you know I think Christensen has been amazing and I the uh, the comments I see you know after his performance yesterday were that if uh, Americ Laporte is going for you know sixty million pounds or whatever to Manchester City. How much is Andreas Christensen worth right now? <laughs> I mean, it, a billion pounds maybe. Like, calm, cool, collected, great in the air, uh, great on the ball, great under pressure. You know, we'll cut down some of the errors with, uh, with age, but twenty-one years old and just looks like the absolute future of this club and. You know, more Dan, we are more grateful by the day to have him. Yeah. And, and, you know, it it sucks that, you know, it had to be whether through uh, injury or fallout or whatever the situation be, maybe that led to Christensen uh, getting his opportunity. But I think he's the perfect example for, you know, at least some of the youth players to point to and say, it is possible for me to make it. And ultimately, the you know, there's a lot of factors. You know, it's almost like a house of cards that you're building to get your opportunity, and one win can blow it down. Um, yeah, but he was able to build a house that one time and really, ca- you know, capitalize on it in a way that you know other players, when they've been given a shot, maybe haven't sparkled. And you know, unfortunately, not all of them have given the same opportunity he has to to grow and to play and. I think he also was the beneficiary of a fantastic loan deal, which I would then call into question, um, you know, are we we more in the the line of wanting to mandate these two-year moves where it starts to suck when you're like, man, we need a center back. Man, can we get Christensen back early from Gladbach one year and and hope that he can play and, you know, sit more on the bench? Like, no, like, let's allow these two-year moves to to take place. Like, let's not rush a a Mason Mount back. Let's not, you know, we should... Tim Abraham have been on a, a two-year deal potentially so that they get played appropriately, get the time to progress to go as a player and come back in and really establish themselves in the game. And, uh, yeah, you know, if, uh, you know, Conte was the shirt that, uh, you know, Mr. Nick got there and got there at the, uh, beginning of last season, uh, I think Christensen would have to be the next shirt that I would get, man. Well, okay, so Chelsea have lined up two 18-month deals this January, um, you know, with uh, Baba Rachman at Schalke and Charlie Musonda at Celtic. So they're looking into that more. Uh, but at Jared Andre 3 asks, have we moved on from Louise as long as Conte is the manager? Uh, there's obviously rumors he's going to leave in December, Nick. Uh, he didn't. Um, you know, when you look at him compared to the other defenders, he's only played 10 matches everyone else is at 19 20 or 26 so between injury and suspension he's played far fewer matches than anyone else you said it he was an absolute rock we were talking about him as future captain potentially last season um is this it do you think that we just don't need him with christensen at least as a starter i i think we i think we need him Still, I mean, if you only have five center backs in three places, then your your margin for error is pretty pretty low. Um, you know, and him and Christensen are the only two that can play that uh, sweeper role. So, uh, I think we need him, and I think Antonio Conte, no, no matter if if there's been a, a grudge held there, will will admit that you know if you don't have David Luiz and only have four center backs. 
um, you know, we're, we're in some, uh, in some deep shit there. So, um, you know, I, while, while David Luiz may not be preferred, um, as a starter anymore, um, you can bet, um, you can make this bet pretty easily that, um, you know, should the uh, occasion arise, I should say, uh, that he would, he would be starting, um, in, in case of injury or suspension or something. So, um, still needed for me, Dan, but I can't, you know, I, I obviously know what Christensen's bringing to the table. Yeah, it's quite the the change, quite the shift. Uh, Louise, you know, is a is a Chelsea legend in his own right for the contributions that he's made to the club over the years. Uh, but I do think that you know he is you know basically the backup option or the rotational player in in the current formation and. Um, I don't see that changing, even with a new manager. If they have the film that we've been watching all season and can see the way that Christensen plays, I, I unless they want a little bit more swashbuckling, a little bit more fo- forward m- ball movement, and that's a little bit more of an attacking mindset, Christensen's okay at that. But you could argue that Louise does that a little bit better. You see the thing about the way that that's going to mesh up with the discipline of your, you know, left or right back. And, you know, certainly if we go back to a back four next season uh, with a new manager, you know, Louise really isn't suited for that either. Like this, this would be his best option. Uh, The question is going to be, as Brandon brought up, World Cup year, you know, how is Louise going to feel about, you know, what his spot is like at Chelsea? And maybe he'll be excited to potentially compete for a new manager. And maybe that kind of throws uh, Christensen into a, a different position or Louise onto one of the sides. And, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen when there's a, a managerial shift. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer. Well, it could be more that. situational, too, because Rondon manhandled Christensen twice in this match. Like, just Christensen could not handle it. Like, that would be a weakness that David Luiz can handle. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's seen more. Uh, he can attack a lot better. We have seen Christensen attack on the dribble. Uh, when they go to press our outside center backs, he will just take it up the gut. Um, but, like, today he, he d- attacked on the dribble and then just passed it right to their defender and gave it away. So, uh, again, high ceiling, high potential does the basics extremely well and we're just kind of nitpicking on a couple things that David Louise can do so um, overall still think that's the right decision but it is absolutely nuts how six eight months can change for a player from season to season so anyways we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this part up though so any other thoughts or questions to see that we uh, are continuing to see news stories come out about how the fans uh, we are the shed uh, publishing again saying um, the fans right from the start every match now they've been starting with the Antonio chant and there is no doubt how the fans feel about the current manager yeah and it's a it's a credit to the work that we are the shed do um, they accept donations through um, uh, give funding or you know, essentially like a UK equivalent of uh, GoFundMe or Indiegogo so uh, you know, please hit them up. Please donate to the great work they do. They do all of the banners, and um, they 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 are exceptional. And uh, I think it's a, it's a credit to have uh, such a, a supportive element of our our fan base continue to work so hard. And you know, I, I love what they're doing to let you know Conte know I think how much we appreciate them. And, and you know maybe again reconciliation isn't out of the question. You know, I think as much as we hear the doom and gloom and as much as we, you know, talk about him potentially being out at the end of the season, you know, he, you know, came out and, you know, spoke uh, after the end of uh, the last match and talked about how he's able to develop players and he could do that. You know, he just is terrible at convincing clubs to spend money. And, you know, if he's terrible at convincing clubs to spend money, this is a club you can't really convince to spend a ton of money. So, you know what, that that actually is is more compatible than maybe we've talked about in the past, Nick. So I think that we would all hope that there's a way forward uh, for Conte, for the club uh, in this uh, approaching summer. Oh, obviously. I mean, that's the I think it's the best case scenario. Um, you know, we you know, we want him to stay and, and we're glad that, you know, we didn't have to report on a sacking, you know, between our last pod and this pod. Um, 
Now, what I will caveat is just to say this was West Brom. They're, they're last, you know. This type of performance is expected uh, of Chelsea against the last place team at home. You know, we've lost some terrible matches this year. And, you know, th- this top four job is, is going to be so very challenging. We're going to have to punch above our weight and get more points uh, because we lost to Bournemouth, because we lost to Watford, because we lost to Burnley, uh, so on and so forth. So um, still, still a big job to do, and, and let's hope that uh, the end of the season is, is fruitful. All right, well, as the table stands, City Stone first on 72, United in second on 56, Liverpool in third on 54, and Chelsea back into fourth on 53 points. Tottenham, 52 on fifth, and Arsenal dropping away a little bit, 45 points in sixth. Uh, Nick, as you said, West Brom dead last on 20 points. Stoke City dropping down again on 25 points, and Southampton taking up the third relegation spot on 26 points. That means Swansea, Crystal Palace, and Newcastle have all started to pull themselves out of the relegation spots. Not out of safety, though. It uh, is. Yeah, uh, it, it, those points are close. Those points are oh, really, absolutely. really close. That's what it, I'm it's saying. 20, They're one 26 point. points you in the relegation zone. And to get to, you know, 11th, you just need four points. So, I mean, this this is still that bottom half of the table is ripe for uh, the chaos theory to go into full set. Absolutely. The end of the season battling for top four and to not be relegated is going to be nuts. So uh, we still got a little bit of time. So we're going to go ahead and move into your social media questions. But before that, uh, Nick, we're only six weeks out from our XL Tours trip to London. See Chelsea play Tottenham. That's right, guys. Um, there are some spots left on this trip, and we are uh, continuing to push um, to get uh, get some signups to take people over, especially if it's your first time. Uh, we, we picked this match uh, specifically for a couple of reasons. One, it's over a holiday weekend, so maybe you get an extra day off. And then two, uh, Chelsea Spurs is a tough, uh, tough match to get tickets to. So we're lucky that... XL Tours has the ability to to grab tickets for us, so those are are locked in. Uh, Dan, what else can a person expect of a trip of of this quality and excitement? Uh, Joy, jubilation, new Mm. friends, wonderful memories that last a lifetime. Potentially, if if Chelsea pull off uh, a miracle in the year 2018, uh, a, a trip to a, a Champions League night, which, uh, as we know on this podcast, is uh, the finest vintage of uh, of match available. Uh, potentially, an opportunity to uh, you know enjoy some other fun things like a, a live podcast. Um, you know, there, there are wonderful perks like uh, being chauffeured from the airport to the hotel right at Stamford Bridge. So, a walk to the Mega store is less of a jaunt and more of a basically tripping over your feet and falling into it. So, uh, quite wonderfully, the best way uh, to have a, a a fully handled trip over to Stanford Bridge and take in a wonderful, wonderful match with some uh, some great friends here. I mean, every single guest we've had on, Gary Hayes, Joe Tweeds. Um, Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler, (laughs) right? Like it is said, this is the pinnacle of Chelsea trip. So um, if you have any interest at all, get in touch with us. We will find a way to make it work for you. Uh, But we got to keep moving. We got to roll in uh, to the social media questions. And right off the bat, no surprise whatsoever, Dan. Baka, bye-bye. Joey Morang, Stephen Smith, all on Twitter saying, well, didn't really miss Bakioko, did we? Was this a dis- uh, a blessing in disguise? Well, I don't think it was really disguised. I think it was pretty well open. I mean, I think back to Simon Johnson's tweet of saying uh, Chelsea want to you know challenge his suspension in hopes that he is suspended for three matches. I mean, obviously a joke, um, but yeah, no Bakioko. No problem. And then I think uh, another account, uh, I think it was like Sporf joke that we were trying to extend it to a six match ban, which. <laughs> Man, the poor the poor guy cannot get a break, and it's it's quite unfortunate for him. Uh, when you come in with a pretty heavy price tag, it, it's gonna you know change the optics of the situation and 
players are going to, you know, players, fans, supporters, club are all going to expect some, some finished goods. And uh, we, we, we didn't maybe not get that package. Uh, you know, I, potentially would have enjoyed the fact if uh, he was more like Mendy and, and gave us some cool like shark team kind of thing that he could have uh, supplanted into the team during his absences. I know. But uh, we, we did not uh, not win the uh, the social uh, war of Monaco transfers this season either. So um, I think it will be tough for him to play in our Premier League matches and our Champions League matches the rest of the season. I think he will have the opportunity in our FA Cup matches, Nick, through the remainder of the season, depending upon opposition. Yeah, I, I just don't see... I don't see any way... You know, and I, I, I say this, and I'm knocking on wood because he's been so bad, but I, I, I hope that he gets right in training, you know, and, and, and pushes forward that way. Uh, shows up in the FA Cup and plays his way back in. Um, that is my hope for him. But uh, you certainly Fabregas, certainly drink water, uh, certainly Barkley would start ahead of him right now for me. All right. Well, what about our strikers? Uh, at Collier Dave seventy eight asks: Is it worrying that neither striker scored? I mean, I would say they both had assists, which you yeah. know they didn't score, but well, that's still no. great. Murata, they contributed. Yeah, Morata was not an assist because well, that was a deflection. All right, involved. We can still say involved in both goals, right? But, I, I mean, they were very much involved. Um, you know, Morata had a blast from the top of the box kind of going for that far post. Um, I don't know, Nick. I mean, were you worried that neither of the guys scored? No. No, I'm, I'm never worried when we win 3-0. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was worried last week when we lost 4-1. Um, I'm not worried at 3-0. Uh, certainly Giroud had a couple of chances, should have scored, like I said earlier in the show. Um, I think it's it's a lot to ask of Morata to come on in 15 minutes and score goals. So, um, uh, you know, let's see what happens, and, and you know, against Hull and Barca and, and United, and, and then let's make a decision if we're, if we're worried or not. Uh, Dan, do you think that Conte would ever consider a strike partnership of Giroud and Morata? That's coming from at Craig Ledoux. Too, too few strikers right now to even consider it. Uh, you're going to play one at a time. Uh, maybe if you're trying to chase a goal in the second half of the Champions League um, fixture, you might. But uh, right now, since one is essentially the backup to the other, uh, you're, you should never see them on the pitch together at any given time. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, they're pretty similar as well, so I don't know if that would really get in the way. Um, Avi on Twitter asking, uh, what's up with Alonzo being injured? Uh, word is he rolled his ankle in training Saturday. And so his question is, do you think he'll be fit for the Barca match? Um, we better hope so, because if we don't, then we're going to have to put Zabacosta out there. And... Um, I would think that most people would agree that that's not our strongest lineup, and we are <laughs> going to need uh, our strongest lineup in that. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Conte lines up for that. You'd assume 3-4-3 three, three to kind of match their 3-4-3, three, three, I think. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but without Alonzo, we're definitely not at full strength. That's kind of how I would feel. I would be a little bit worried. You know, I like Zapacos, like I've said. It's just He hasn't cut it, and, and it's nothing personal. It's just... Well, and Antonio said that Emerson will start against um, against Hull. So, so ideally, uh, you know, Alonzo has a couple more days to get that ankle right, um, and then and then let's see how Emerson plays too. I mean, um, that would be a shock if he started against Barca, um, but holy hell, why not? Yeah. All right. Well, moving Stranger on to Barcelona. Happen. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Um, Barcelona moving on to that obviously you know we're not going to do a match preview for it yet but there are some questions Brandon, so yeah Brandon it's Barcelona true okay if you're uh, using the Catalan <laughs> pronunciation it would be Barcelona Barcelona very true uh, I'm, I'm, I'm anglicizing it a little bit for our biasly English speaking <laughs> listenership <laughs> 
Um, but at DRC263305, it just rolls off the tongue now. I appreciate all your questions. Uh, saying, assuming that both Marat and Jude are finally fully fit for the Barca fixture, who gets the start? Same thing from at Kyle LaBroche and uh, Corey at 38Blue saying, do you think we're beginning to see the ramp up on lineups for the Barca match in two weeks? Because it felt way more like the real Chelsea today. So, Dan, uh, Marat and Giroud fully fit where which one are you going to start i think just on form i would probably you know i i would wait to see how we play against hull and see who gets the start there but i i would lean towards rue just because uh, he was enabling the best of hazard and if we're going to win that game uh, it's going to be hazard playing out period of period his period mind period Hazard has talked up this matchup, and I can't count how many times he said the word champions today when describing Chelsea Nick in his post-match. Dude is full of confidence, and he's ready. You know, bring on the Barca. He's not scared. Um, I, I, I would be a little interested to see, you know, Morata, Real Madrid player, Talk about no need of extra motivation for that match, but he hasn't played a lot of minutes recently. I, I would I would say this uh, at home, you know, against Barcelona, I would I would almost guarantee that Giroud starts on on the road where we where we may look to counter a little bit more. I would think that Morata might get the nod there, um, a little bit more speed um, and and maybe a little bit better link up play in a fluid motion. That would be my prediction. Uh, now, if that if that happens, then you guys can all laud me on the next show. Um, but um, but no, I mean, I, th- I think that Giroud would would really really do a job at home uh, against uh, um, against Barcelona, and, and God, it's going to be fucking hard to beat those guys. Um, but hopefully, we're up for it. It is going to be dominating everything that we talk about. Uh, It's a little bit weird coming off a Friday match against Hull and rolling into uh, Barcelona the following Tuesday, but uh, Chelsea are going to do it. And so um, real quick, we will preview the whole city match. Uh, But Dan, uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, here's your last chance. Away kit and third kits are on massive sale on worldsoccershop.com right now. Uh, Plenty of other stuff on there. I mean, our listeners are doing themselves a disservice. If they at least don't check it out, just take a look. Yeah, they want to peruse through. And if they do decide to purchase, got to use the code. 10% 10% off, even those ridiculously delicious sale prices. 10% using the code LONDONPOD. That's LONDONPOD. It gets you 10% off your order at worldsoccershop.com. And uh, you should go there now if you uh, you know want to get kitted up before you join us on our trip over to London to see Chelsea beat, yes, beat Tottenham. Yeah, you're not going to get any better price at the mega store at the stadium. I can promise you that. Nope. Nope. Um, all right. Well, next up is Holsetti. It is an FA Cup match. We are in the fifth round, and we're going to be at Stanford Bridge. Uh, Dan, um, we're, we're going to start to plug some of our favorite Chelsea and America chapters, a.k.a. all of them now. Uh, so what is our recommendation for this whole match? Well, you know, uh, we, we are three card-carrying members of Chelsea in America, so the uh, the recognized, officially recognized supporters group in the U.S. And, you know, if you are in the wonderful state of, of Georgia, uh, which is just north of Florida, um, you might want to go to the Rira Irish Pub in Atlanta, uh, where they take in the match, and uh, you know, I, I see them posted on Facebook quite quite regularly. They they get some pretty good yeah. turnout, so you yeah, would be joining a. Wonderful group, Brenda, Brenda Darcy. Shout out! You are you're wonderful and uh, you know great leader of that chapter. Yeah, uh, pre Valentine's Day, a lot of love there. Yeah, you know, a lot of love to Brenda. All right. Well, it will be Friday, February sixteenth, as noted. Um, I think the big thing right now. So, whole city are in twenty first of twenty fourth in the championship. So they are one point out of relegation. It has not been a great season for them, but 
obviously uh, they've made it this far in the FA Cup. Uh, if you look at records, um, you know, mixed bag for them, realistically. Uh, a couple wins, a couple losses, a draw. You know, you just uh, never know what you're going to get from them, really. I think it is a little bit interesting, though, Nick, that uh, Chelsea, a couple years older than on average in their squad. And I think that just comes down to Chelsea's ability to have seasoned professionals in the team versus Hull uh, working on a tighter budget, taking some chances on younger players that aren't quite as proven. So that can also be a danger when those young players get a chance to run at one of the quote-unquote big boys of the Premier League. Yeah, I, look, I, this is, you know, you, you, you know that Hull are trying to just, just stay above water, you know, trying to tread water here in the, in the championship. But however, uh, this, is, this is it for them. You know, uh, this is the, the game that they have to prove themselves. And even those young players that they have, uh, are trying to you know advance in the FA Cup. I mean, this is this is winning time in the FA Cup. Um, you know, we were kind of bogged down in the Norwich you know series uh, that was that was difficult, and you know, I, th- there's a lot that's going to be riding riding on this. And for Chelsea, it's a Friday match. You know, there it should be a, a a raucous atmosphere at the Bridge. Lots of love for Antonio. Lots of love for the for the boys. Um, you know, it gives a few days, a couple days, uh, extra rest ahead of Barca, and uh, and Antonio's already hinted, Dan, that, that that there will be heavy squad rotation. You know, I don't, I don't think that Hazard will play. I, I think that William will start. You know, I think Emerson's almost guaranteed to start. I think Ampadu's going to start. You know, you would assume that Drink, uh, Drinkwater, would be available and and play in this match. So. Um, maybe maybe Bakayoko even. Um, th- this is going to be a heavy rotation. Absolutely, and it, it should be a, ahead of the Barcelona match. So uh, don't be surprised uh, if you see maybe a Doy on the, uh, the team sheet. You know, definitely someone who uh, potentially has earned the right to. Uh, either uh, get substantial minutes, um, whether it's starting or coming off the bench. So, you know, good, good, good opportunity all around. Um, should be there for the taking. Um, you know, uh, Slutsky was the manager early in the season, uh, got the boot. Uh, I think probably the other only narrative surrounding Hall City right now is the the really sad one that Ryan Mason has retired from professional football. You remember uh, last season he had a, a terrible clash of heads uh, against uh, Captain Gary Cahill and, uh, you know, went, went to the hospital, stretched it off the pitch and uh, took him a, a very, very long time uh, to recover and uh, quite, quite sad that uh, at the age of 26 that he is lacing up his boots for the last time. And, uh, you know, maybe that's some, some extra motivation for the Hull players in, in some, you know, interesting way uh, prior to this match kicking off. Yeah, definitely probably not with any malice. Um, Gary Cahill did take to Twitter and used up about all the characters he could, you know, just talking about how, you know, it's crazy situation, you know, how many hundreds of corners have they lined up for? Um, but he showed all the support and um, respect for Ryan Mason in that. And, you know, we can't really expect anything else out of that. Um, when it comes to lineups, though, I want zero people who are in contention to start against Barcelona in this at all. I don't care if we start an entire academy team. If you are 60 to 70 percent likely to start against Barcelona, not not a chance. Don't play. I would happily crash out of the FA Cup at the hands of Hull at home to be as prepared as possible for this Barcelona match. To me, uh, it's way more important, um, you know, giving ourselves the best chance possible in the Champions League, uh, even if the FA Cup is potentially our best chance at silverware. I just think that that's, as a fan, that's where I want to see the club's uh, ambitions and priorities put. So I'm happy to uh, to take sacrifices and, and, and risk potential catastrophic loss uh, on Friday, but <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Catastrophic yeah, loss. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm not going that far. You know, I, I, I'm I'm desperate for Antonio to get the the knockout cup competition uh, monkey off his back, and I think the FA Cup could prove, you know, that that to be his deal this year. So 
I'm confident we'll go out and take care of the business and uh, and keep moving forward. All right. Well, anything else you guys want to add in before we wrap this one up? I mean, we're, we're at final thoughts already. We This hour has absolutely flown by, um, but not because the teacher droned on and on. This was uh, just pretty <laughs> exciting for when you play the last place team in the league. I mean, who knew, Dan? Yeah, the, the professor only answered his questions in uh, a rhetorical way this this episode. Um, but no, it was... Uh, <laughs> Um, no, no, I don't think there's any special shout outs this week. I think the only one is, uh, you know, c- continue to, to try and be positive and, uh, you know, maybe not turn to, uh, celebrations of the birth of a child to, uh, you know, slate Bakayoko or other players that you are, uh, disgruntled with, um, that, yeah. that reeks of being a supporter of, uh, Arsenal and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's not the reputation we want, uh, our fan base to ever have. Nope. Um, I, I would uh, I would echo that sentiment and, and also uh, give some well wishes to our friend Chris Axon, um, who had a bit of a health blip last week. Um, tremendous guy, guy that we're really looking forward to, uh, to chatting with um, in, in London when we go back. And um, he, he is our main photographer on the ground every every week. So uh, well wishes, Chris, and uh, you have our support. Hundred percent, and then uh, you know, mine is kind of playing off Dan, just saying we're two, we're three points out of second, one point out of fifth. Uh, I think everyone can see that from here on out is going to be a grind to stay in the top four, um, but that is the goal. So even if we drop to fifth for a week or two, uh, you know, fourth, third place, even second potentially are right there to take. Especially when after the Barca match, we will be taking United could potentially go level on points with United. And I think that keeping that kind of a perspective is really big at this point in the season because getting close to squeaky bum time, I think is the best way to put it, even though it is only the middle of February. So uh, buckle up, Chelsea fans. It's going to be a wild ride to the end, uh, and we're going to be here with you the entire way. So with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, make sure to remember it's a Friday match. Haven't had a Friday match in a long time. So get it on your calendars. And until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. London is Blue podcast presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.